You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. And since it's Wednesday, you know it. It's that time of the week. And I'd love to welcome back on the program, Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to see you today. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, but I'm hot. <laughs> really hot. You really, really are. Hot. Every sense yeah. of the word. Um, <laughs> for, for our listeners, you can see how... I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> See how hot uh, cruises and also the background. That background is is radiating heat. Um, hop onto Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, Cruz, before you jump into the audio column, we both grew up in Hong Kong. Do you remember? Do you remember being this hot when we were little? Do you remember being I, I sort of remember 28 degrees, 30 degrees, but not really yeah. 36 degrees. No, no. I mean, what's the temperature right now? It's, You're the most special. It's 31 degrees right now. But I got to say that the last time um, I saw the last few days, it was like 36 degrees. And I was really shocked when I saw that. Well, I think that's the thing. We both grew up here. And I think um, I always feel a little bit embarrassed because people will say to me, oh, well, you must be used to this now. And I'm like, I'm really not. I mean, is that that's really humiliating? I actually like warm weather. I'm not very good in the cold. I'm quite useless in the cold. I become very emotional and fraught <laughs> with all my layers, just whimpering. But same. Um, <laughs> I'm not good with the cold or the heat. Oh. But I mean, when I'm when I'm hot, I just sort of end up stomping around like Godzilla. So I mean, you know, each has its own accentuation of character traits. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's just been really, really hot. And that's what we're talking about a little bit today is, is is heat and being hot and heat waves. Because I don't remember being this hot, but I'm sure we must have. Or maybe I do think it's getting hotter. I do think climate change is a problem and it yeah. exists and it's causing more extreme uh, extremes in weather patterns for sure. Um, but no, it, it's been exceptionally hot uh, recently. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I feel like it does really affect so much in a way that is really difficult to understand unless you're going through it. Um, but uh, of course, in all weather conditions, our bodies work very hard to maintain a normal temperature of around like 37 degrees Celsius, right? Um, of course, it's interesting because we all know what our temperatures are at the moment because we have to take them every time we walk into a building or shop or space or whatever it is. So we can all see that our temperatures for the most part are hopefully pretty normal. But when uh, it's when temperatures outside of us, where our environment, where the weather is very drastic, whether it's a scorching summer day or a frigid winter morning, it can actually be even more difficult for our bodies to maintain that ideal temperature that they have. Because even at rest, the human body produces a lot of heat energy. Um, when it's cool, our body will expel this heat through radiation. Um, and the heat just simply radiates from our body into the surrounding air because it's the surrounding air is very cool. And when it's hot, our bodies sweat to keep us cool, of course, for, for most people. Um, perspiration comes to the surface of our skin. And it's not actually the sweat that keeps us cool. It's the act of the evaporation of the sweat that keeps us cool, right? This is one of those things we learn at school. Um, and of course, when it's humid outside, like it is in Hong Kong at the moment, it's much harder for the perspiration on the surface of our skin to evaporate because the air is already saturated with moisture, right? So when we have Hong Kong's like 87% humidity, like that's very hard for us to then contribute to that humidity with our own humble sweat. 
So um, that's why often people say it's not the heat, but it's the humidity that makes it unbearable to be outside on a hot day. But both play a role in our bodies overheating. So I've got a few facts about heat and our health. Um, extreme heat is actually really, really dangerous. Um, in a typical year, um, as many as 175 people in the US die from extreme heat, um, which is quite high, really. Um, men sweat more than women, although I personally would like to challenge that with my own sweat output. <laughs> um, um, while women have women have more sweat glands, um, men's sweat glands are more active, which leads them to sweat more. But the more you sweat, the more easily you can become dehydrated, which, of course, can lead to other health issues, too. Now, how many sweat glands do we actually have? I would wonder if I you know, there is any place on my body in this current climate that does not have a sweat gland at this point. But apparently we have about four million sweat glands throughout our bodies. Um, and this is according to the International Hyperhidrosis Society. So hyperhidrosis is a type of condition where you basically sweat a lot more than average. And about 3% of the population has hyperhidrosis, which is a condition characterized by overactive sweat glands. I have a friend who had, who, who had that and it was so sort of debilitating because he would shake hands with somebody at a job interview and his hands would would sweat so much it would be wet he had he had would have like wet armpits and his shirt would be sort of seeping through with with sweat so in the end he had to have an operation um you can put botox into your uh, you know you can inject yes. botox into your armpits but in the end he had to have this sort of uh, uh, quite invasive operation he had a lung collapse in that operation uh, to sort of deactivate the sweat glands that would run down people can't really see me but on facebook um uh, just sort of uh, along the the arms into the yeah into the hands it's really unfortunate and i think a reason that we need to be a lot more understanding i do find like um yes of course like it's it's a natural part of our body's function and our body's mechanism for keeping us alive and not cooking every time we go outside in the heat. But as you said, it, it's um, it, it's often quite an embarrassing condition. It can be inherited as well, apparently, or caused by other health conditions or medications. And um, for people who suffer from hyperhidrosis, it can uh, trigger, uh, it can often occur without a trigger from heat. So even in not in summer, you could have a, um, an issue with it. And as you mentioned, there's lots of different treatments for it as well. But um, so there are there are two types of sweat glands we have in our bodies, the eccrine and the apocrine, and both produce fluids. The area of our brain known as the hypothalamus, which we probably all heard of, even if we're not brain scientists, controls our body temperature by regulating sweat output and blood flow to the skin, does both of those functions. Now, the particular pungent aroma associated with sweat comes from the apocrine glands found in our armpits, and genitals and the sweat from these glands produces a smell when it comes into contact with bacteria on the skin. So again, not as something we would celebrate being super stinky after a hot day, but just the human body functioning as it probably should and has. Now, what happens with heat exhaustion? So there's a bit of a difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So I've, um, have you ever experienced these in Hong Kong? I have. Um, do you remember when we used to do sort of the Duke of Edinburgh Award and or, or um, HKAYP, the Hong Kong Award for Young People? And you have to do those hikes of 100 kilometer. Um, I had a heat stroke on one of them. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's so unfortunate. It was awful. 
Yeah, because oh. yeah, I, I have a problem where I don't sweat enough. So I actually can't cool down my body actively. So I'm, I'm jealous that people like you <laughs> can... You're jealous of us walking fish women. <laughs> You're telling us. All right, sure. Okay, anyway. But what's right. the difference between... The grass is always greener, yeah. Noreen. The grass is always greener. I didn't know okay, there was a difference. Well, what's the difference between the well, two? It's very interesting. So, of course, heat exhaustion occurs when your body overheats. Warning signs include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, fatigue, heavy sweating, and headaches. And to treat heat exhaustion, it's important to move to a cool location, drink lots of water, or soak in a cool bath, or use cold compressors. So you really have to lower your body temperature. And I think it's important to talk about this a little bit because um, <clears throat> this has become a bit of a problem in Hong Kong recently because it has been, I would say, uncharacteristically hot. But as we're still debating, we're like, is it always this hot every summer? I'm not sure. Um, but a, a few people have lost their lives in Hong Kong hiking recently over the last couple of weeks because they, um, they, they suffered from heat exhaustion or heat stroke. And heat stroke is a little bit different. Heat stroke can be serious and life-threatening. Heat stroke can occur when your body reaches 104 degrees in Fahrenheit, which is, let me have a look. I'm not very good at, um, I'm an imperial, 40, 40 Celsius, right? Which is very, very hot. That's a high fever. Um, and your body cannot, and that's when, and then at that point, your body cannot regulate its temperature on its own. Signs you may be having heat stroke include muscle cramping, fast heartbeat, vomiting, flushed skin, a headache, and kind of mental confusion as well, feeling a bit kind of delirious as well. Yeah. Um, now, um, so of course, it's really important if anyone is experiencing those symptoms not to take them lightly, just a bit of discomfort in the heat, you should probably call an ambulance and make sure you cool down as quickly as possible. Um, but of course, you can um, protect yourself from heat stroke by staying hydrated. And a lot of people say drink before you are thirsty. Mm. If you are thirsty, it is a sign you are already dehydrated. So just set reminders on your phone if you have to, to, to keep drinking. And of course, in Hong Kong, it's a bit uh, we can get a bit, um, I think we can get lulled into a false sense of security because we can go into air conditioning from being outside and something, oh, we feel nice and cool and we forget to drink water. Um, apparently, it's been said that in extreme heat, we should be avoiding caffeine and alcohol. But interestingly, um, apparently, there has been no definitive proof that alcohol consumption is a major contributor to heat stroke. Um, and it, there's been very little evidence saying that moderate caffeine intake um that there's been there's yes that it can actually impair heat dissipation of the body or affect hydration so you can still drink alcohol and drink coffees and caffeine during hot weather but you should probably also be supplementing those liquids with hydration liquids yeah, as well those are sort of diuretics so it'll make you pee more so you're actually yes, exactly. losing water. Exactly. You're yeah. speeding up a process that's not that fantastic. Of course, there's uh, infants and small children are at higher risk for heat-related illnesses for mm. several reasons. Um, often, they can't control their environment. They can't reach the aircon remote or whatever it is. Um, and they have a very high metabolic rate, as anyone who would have seen my child devour half a packet of bread in a single sitting would know. They have a very high metabolic rate, which means their bodies are producing heat constantly and they aren't able to perspire as sufficiently as adults do so even though i have two very sweaty betties 
they, um, they're not actually sweating as efficiently. So we have to be particularly careful with children and the heat as well, which is difficult because it's summer. And right now, Hong Kong is turning it on and it looks beautiful. And every time I look outside a window and you look at the sea and the mountains and everything and you just, your heart sings with the beauty of our city. But it's like, look, but don't touch. Don't, don't touch. Don't go out there. Don't go out there. Just look at it. Just look at it. Um, but it's tempting and it's summer holidays. So kids are obviously on, on lots of summer camps and doing lots of activities. But try to avoid being outside in the hottest part of the day because it is a lot more dangerous than you think it is. Apart from, you know, being dehydrated out there, it's also the danger of getting severely sunburned. Uh, this, so true. Oh, but maybe that's a topic for another day. But also so due true. to the heat, really. Yeah, it's a very important thing. I remember over the weekend, I slathered, my girls were so sun smart. They had hats on, long sleeves, long pants, sunscreen, it, the whole works. And me and my husband completely forgot to apply the same rules to ourselves and we just <laughs> went to bed as two lobsters because we just forgot that actually it's also relevant to us, you know. Lobsters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Lobsters are quite romantic, I suppose. So there's that silver lining to the immense pain we suffered. Um, of course, what's interesting is we have in in this idea of like the city itself is hotter. And I have to say, like, there's something about avoiding. I do tend to avoid city center Hong Kong in the height of summer, in the height of like lunchtime or something mid-afternoon, because, uh, of course, all the buildings that are there and all of that can, can raise the temperature so much. Um, and actually, what's really interesting is that buildings heat up your and now, of course, I have to obviously segue and say that a lot of architects today and designers today are trying to make sure that we don't do this or we're more efficient with how we capture the heat energy that is being captured by buildings right now because concrete structures absorb all that heat during the day and then as it cools down at night they release it and it actually causes night temperatures to rise in cities by as much as 22 degrees like it actually can really affect like an urban environment but of course now that's why people are thinking well that all that energy is being stored by a building why can't we do something with it why can't we do something with that thermal heat energy so hopefully in the future that won't be as much of a problem the wall effect the urban heat wall effect um yep. i think professor well he's no longer with us professor bill barron used to always say that about hong kong and he used to always appear on Backchat just to talk <laughs> about this actually i haven't heard that term in a really long time it's kind of a cool oh, wow. yeah oh, um okay it, but it's true, being in the city centre, like every time I'm in Causeway Bay or Mong Kok, I think, oh gosh, I'm really sort of going to get heat exhaustion. And it's not just the yeah. people, it's because of all the all the infrastructure. How can we make it cooler? Can we have like green sort of things um, on the wall, like green walls, for example? Greening walls, yes. The other one is, um, which interestingly will be coming up on Savvy Earth Savers in a number of weeks, <laughs> is um, is about painting um, painting buildings with white paint that reflect the sun. So rather than having dark buildings, having buildings that are white that reflect the sun, or as you said, like having green roofs and things like that is very important. We're using that heat to, you know, to um, that plants can then use it as well. And solar panels, like what? What they do in Australia and New absolutely, Zealand. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's lots of ways we can um, we can learn to live with the heat and make it work to our advantage. Um, if you want to escape the heat, um, channel your inner colonialist and head up to the peak, which is what they all did, away from the rabble. Um, because of course, the higher you get up, the temperature drops. It drops about 3.5 degrees for every thousand feet. Um, so that's um, so that's pretty interesting. But of course, that's why 
the most beautiful stately homes are on the peak in Hong Kong because they're really high up. So, of course, it was cooler in summer way back when before people had air conditionings and things like that. I suppose. But I know, I mean, I thought the saying goes hot air rises and cold air sinks. So, yes, I think that's true. But I, do, I think that's yes, so the I, effect but, is kind of undone by being up a mountain. I think it's maybe. more just that. Yeah, yeah, but probably get- it is cooler as you go up the mountain. But then, anyway, I'm not a scientist, so for any Good scientists point, listening yes. up there, I don't know. We both need some clarification on that one. <laughs> um, the highest temperature ever recorded in the shade in the shade was 57.8 degrees Celsius in Libya on September 13th, 1922. Wow, that is hot. That's really hot in the shade, Marie. In the shade. <laughs> In the shade. Um, what was that? In, in the shade. <laughs> in the shade. In the shade. Um, interestingly, and this is quite. Um, this I thought this was quite interesting. According to NASA, when the temperature reaches ninety-five degrees Fahrenheit or thirty-five degrees Celsius, our work output drops by forty-five percent, which I wholeheartedly agree with because. I take all of my energy from focusing on work to complaining about how hot I am. So that does make a big difference. Um, yes, um, of course, um, heat waves are really, a, a, oh, I didn't know this. Until they are needed, the balls at Wimbledon are stored in refrigerated containers at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Well, why? But to I'm keep so them bouncing? A lightly chilled tennis ball against your face. <laughs> is that what it is? Do you see that? I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a thing. Um, uh, so we have a definition of a heat wave. A definition of a heat wave is the when the World Meteorological Organization's definition of a heat wave is when temperatures are over uh, five degrees Celsius above average. So they look at the average of what this time of the year is, and they see if it's over five degrees Celsius above that for five days in a row, they um, they, that's what they consider to be a heat wave. Now, I looked up some famous heat waves. I know there's a couple of places around the world right now which right are having some. Spain right now is like 44 oh. degrees. Oh my Celsius. gosh. I had friends in Canada who were telling me it was over 40 degrees in oh. Canada. I mean, Canada is just somewhere that you just think about when you think about cold things, yeah. you know? Anyway, so I found some really, um, I found a couple of. Um, see how many we can get through. But this one is, is pretty fascinating. They, um, there's been many heat waves throughout history. Um, one of them was London's Great Stink of 1858. <laughs> Which I shouldn't laugh, but it just sounds, you know, like a storybook. Um, so of course, um, this the summer hate, um, this, this particular summer heat wave has lived in infamy, not just because of its soaring temperatures in 1858, but also because of the malodorous stench it unleashed across the city of London. Um, so many Londoners had recently traded in their chamber pots, their little chamber pots, which is where they would do their ablutions for water closets. So that's, you know, like a toilet in a cupboard. And this flushed an unprecedented amount of water and waste into the city's 200,000 cesspits. But as the sewage overflowed into the River Thames and its tributaries, the warm weather encouraged the growth of bacteria with an odor so noxious that sheets 
soaked in chloride of lime were hung from the windows of the newly built House of Commons in an effort to blunt the smell. They literally hung up like bleached sheets outside windows to try and stop the smell. And of course, the horrific thing about this, and this is why heat is a very important issue to consider, that it's a very dangerous thing. A lot of it can, um, a, uh, a lot of people die every year from extreme heat events. This is why climate change is something we have to pay attention to. But of course, the poor of London at the time still drank from the River Thames. And so thousands of people during this particular great stink of 1858 died from cholera, typhoid and other diseases. And these epidemics um, had yet to be linked to the contaminated water because this is before science had made that connection. And then people were blaming this on the smell, the reeking air. And one newspaper declared that what um, once inhales the one who inhales the stink can never forget it and can count himself lucky if he lives to remember it. Um, so it's absolutely horrific. But the good thing is amid public outcry, Parliament resolved to overhaul the city's antiquated sewer system and um, created this sprawling network of drains and pumping stations designed to handle all of the waste. And of course, this saved thousands and thousands of lives and also made the city smell a lot better. Um, so of course, this is a problem as well. But I think that's something we also forget about in Hong Kong is that rising temperatures mean that bacterial growth is up as well. So we also have to be more careful around like cleaning fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, because um, everything is just growing in more abundance, even the stuff that we don't want to be growing in more abundance. That's true. I have uh, a couple of quotes. Uh, th that's true, because you know, summertime, people love eating salads i mean i've been having a lot more salads but it's also yes. easy to get bacteria to get diseases like e coli or whatever you know they thrive in these sort of conditions so have to wash your veggies thoroughly. totally totally and i think all the worst food poisoning i've ever had in hong kong has been in the height of summer and been a salad oh. you know when you try and think back on what you remember and you're like it was the romaine lettuce i know it <laughs> yes. was the romaine lettuce i thought it was such a crunchy refreshing snack it wasn't it was my demise oh. so yeah i completely understand yeah i think so too and i think there's something we just have to be a little bit more careful about and it seems like so it seems like there's no point like washing our hands like they're covered in sweat anyway what's the point like but all of those kinds of hygiene measures just need to be increased really Absolutely. Of course, it's obviously tricky wearing a mask, but it's also important to be wearing a mask in the heat of summer, even if oh. we as well, because that doesn't have the effect that we think it has on um, the COVID virus. So, yeah. So, yes, heat. It's a heat wave. That we're going. Well, I think it's I mean, I don't know if Hong Kong has an official heat wave, but it feels a little bit like. It's just really stinking hot, isn't it? Oh, I know. Oh, that's anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I, I hope most of us are, are able to sort of sit in air conditioning for for most of the day, or at least have a a fan handy. Yeah. We've, we've got two yeah. minutes before the news, Cruzy. Have you got some uh, great quotes? For I us? do. I have some quotes around hot stuff. One, which I think I'm going to use a metaphor parallel, which is um, not. A woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water from Eleanor Roosevelt. Nice. But I'd like to turn that on its head and suggest that maybe um, you can't tell how grumpy she is until she's lived through a Hong Kong summer. Maybe that would be something else. And then uh, William Butler Yates said, do not wait, wait to strike till the iron is hot, but make it hot by striking. So just like, I don't know. Think hot thoughts and try and counteract the heat around you. <laughs> maybe, maybe that would work. Anyway, 
And um, we've got just a, a minute left. Where's the hottest place you've ever been? I got to say, Dubai is really out there. And I think Michael McIntyre, the stand-up com- comedian, sort of says it's sort of like when you step out of the Dubai airport and or in, outside of a shopping mall or whatever, and then you you encounter the heat. It's sort of like when you open the door of the oven and go. Yes. That's yes. Sort of like how the, but I the feel heat. like that's Hong Kong, isn't it? Like I remember, I think I was in like. France once for a friend's wedding years ago. And I remember looking up the temperature. It was like 41 degrees where I was. But I didn't. it didn't feel like 41 degrees because it was so dry. Do you know what I mean? So it was really breezy and dry. So it was hot. But I also felt like it was easy to cool yourself down by just fanning yourself. You know, whereas in Hong Kong, if you're just fanning yourself, you're probably suffering some delusions of heat exhaustion. <laughs> exactly. Probably shouldn't do it. I think someone, some NGO once did a, a temperature check um, by the bus stop and on the floor. Um, I think it was 60 degrees. You could literally fry an egg. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. uh, perhaps a topic another time. Thank you so much, Cruzy, for your time this afternoon. And I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you so much. No problem.